Hello and welcome to Deep Bible Studies, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevarez, and today is our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, officially, everybody. So we're just going to be going through a passage in Luke 2, so you can just follow along. Um, we're going to start at verse 4, so let's get right into it. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. So we're not really going to talk much about context today because we're really going to focus on the theological verses regarding Jesus's birth. But this is important because it was prophesied that the Messiah was going to come from the lineage of David. And so we see here that Joseph is part of that lineage fulfilling one of the many prophecies Jesus fulfilled. So verse 5 says, To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And on an angel of the Lord and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is a firstborn this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Y'all, this is such a beautiful verse. So Jesus is the savior of the world, as the angel first said, because apart from him we perish. We deserve God's wrath for our sin, which we so willfully do and we desire. Yet he took our place. He bore our sin and died in our place, which we talk about every episode because we never graduate from the gospel. Taking upon the full wrath of a holy, just God, he died bearing our sins and his people died with him, which it's us. So that in his resurrection, we might be raised with him, no longer guilty, but instead renewed, restored, and redeemed and reconciled to our God. We have sinned against a holy God, therefore we need a savior. He is the Christ, as the angel said, because he is the Messiah prophesied by the Jewish prophets for hundreds of years. For example, in Isaiah 9, which says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end on the throne of David over his kingdom, to establish and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Jesus is Lord. He is God. He is master, as the angel said. He brings the new covenant and leads his people. Only God can forgive sins committed against God. That is why God, the Son, is born, Lord. He has authority over all things, and he took upon himself our sins so that we might be forgiven and reconciled. So, as Hebrews 8, 6-12 says, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. 
For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. For he faults with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant in the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day I took by them the hand to bring them out on the land of Egypt, for they did not continue my covenant. You see, it was human, mankind, who didn't continue this covenant. It was not God's fault. And I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts and i will be their god and they shall be my people and they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother saying now the lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest oh my goodness that's beautiful for i will be merciful towards their iniquities and i will remember their sins no more i don't even know what to say about that because i'm honestly just pondering upon that I'm so perplexed and yet so much worship and praise just comes out from that because, I mean, there's no longer the teaching. We know him. We, those in him know him because of what Jesus did on the cross. That is why he is Lord. And so Charles Spurgeon once said, we will never know the fullness of the joy that Christ brings to the souls unless under the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the Lord, our master to be our all in all, just like Hebrews 8 says and make him the fountain of our delight. And then regarding what the angel said, Charles Spurgeon said here, he is my savior, my Christ, and my Lord. Let this be our loudest boast. Then we will know the joy of the angel's song predicts for people. That's beautiful. So verse 12 says, and this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, okay, so before we get to what they say, I love how John Piper explains the wonder of this day, which we celebrate so blindly, really. He says it was a day planned in eternity before the creation of the world. Indeed, the whole universe with untold light years of space and billions of galaxies was created and made glorious for this day and what it means for human history, for him, for his appearance, for this day of his appearings regarding Jesus. So we see it in Galatians 4, 4, which says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under law. It happened on a day that perfect day in the fullness of time, the perfect time appointed by God before the foundation of the world. For unto you is born this day. So Colossians 1, 16 says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and, note this part, for him. That is more than we can fathom. And yet we think about, which I'm so guilty about, what presents we want, where we're going to go to, what Christmas lights we're going to put on, what decorations, what we're going to eat. We have completely secularized the birth of our king. I mean, this day was appointed for the birth of our king, who would present the gospel and bear our sins so that we as Hebrew 8 says might know him for eternity and not perish.
verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Once again, we see how God is glorified because of Jesus. This child is born and this child brings peace to wherever he is received. And we can see this specifically in Matthew 11 when Jesus speaks of the judgment of the cities who reject the living God. But right after, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and I will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so regarding God's glory and his peace, John Piper clearly states that these are great purposes for the coming of Jesus. Glory ever ascending from man to God. Peace ever descending from God to man. God's glory sung out among men for the sake of his name. And God's peace lived out among men for the sake of his name. There is hardly a better way to sum up what God was about when he created the world or when he came to proclaim the world in Jesus Christ. His glory and our peace his greatness and our joy, his beauty and our pleasure. The point of creation and redemption is that God is glorious and means to be known and praised for his glory by a peace-filled new humanity. So this peace is the peace of justification. The fact that the Son of God himself will atone for the sins of the world and be raised once again sovereign over life and death as God, emphasizing that the wrath of God was satisfied, as the beautiful hymns say. And he gives salvation to all those who grieve over sin, repent, and trust alone in the Savior. I mean, he is worthy of praise. John MacArthur says that God's peace is a gracious gift to those who are objects of his pleasure. Is that not what the song says? But um, anyways, let's listen to the lyrics of the song. Um, I will not be singing it. <laughs> Instead, I'll just read them. It's called Love Comes Down. I specifically listened to it from Shane and Shane, their Christmas album. I love Shane and Shane. I listen to all of their music 24-7. The lyrics say, I brought you all my foolish crowns. With trembling hands I laid them down, expecting wrath to be poured out, but you placed mercy on my brow. Still, my best is nothing less than filthy rags and emptiness. One drop of blood raised me from death, and you see me through your righteousness. Oh, how sweet, amazing grace wraps me in warm embrace. Oh, my heart rejoice. I was lost, now found. All my praise goes up. Your love comes down. It really reminds me of what John Piper was saying about glory and peace and the relationship that that has. And it's just so beautiful. And so I love this type of music that is so theological and scripture based. So I would really recommend listening to music like this. Specifically, I love Shane and Shane, Sovereign Grace Music, Worship Initiative, just a recommendation. But anyways, verse 15 says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when he, they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard 
been seen as it had been told them. So we are in our last verse, verse 21. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So just to finish off, I have been reading Ali Beth Stuckey's You're Not Enough and That's Okay book. So by the time you're listening to this, I will be done. But I mentioned this because I knew the self-love and self-discovery, self-glorification, I'm enough, rampant culture. And I knew it was bad, but I didn't know how much it was manifesting itself in so many ways, especially in the church, which is so saddening, discouraging, and just heartbreaking. Yet as I write this, I realize more and more that Mrs. Stuckey says in one of her pages this, the God who created us, who created the universe, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, is the one who provides us with the purpose and satisfaction we're seeking. While self-love depletes, God's love for us doesn't. He showed us his love by sending Jesus to die for our sins so that we might be forgiven and live forever with him. Self-love is superficial and temporary, God's love is profound and eternal. So why do we seek the world? Why are we into the whole selfish love? Because really self-love, as the culture puts it, is just selfishness. Think about this. He loves you. God loves you. His love is just and holy and sacrificial. So repent and believe and remain in him for he cares for you. I'm not telling you to hate yourself. I don't hate myself. But self-forgetfulness, the service that, I mean, Christ was a servant. He himself said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So why do we seek to serve ourselves? When in reality, we should be meeting the needs of other people and preaching this gospel, which we know in self-forgetfulness, in self-denial, and instead in sacrificial love. Understand that we are fickle, finite. The God that created a trillion stars knows your name and sacrificed himself in your place, so deny yourself this world, and instead rest in him who calls you his own. I also just wanted to announce that um, we will be coming back and continuing through the book of John in 2021, January. So please stay tuned in our social media to know the exact date and to continue discovering, exploring, examining, and practicing the word of God. And so, if you ever have any questions, please contact us. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We are praying for you and see you next year. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.